is he's actually asking more from us. His, his judgment in the end, we can read, if you read your Bible, I'm not trying to be crazy, is coming. There's a, that's a reality of that. There, there's very clear things that it says some of the people that will prepare thinking that they're chasing after him will miss the mark. That's terrifying. Now, I know this is heavy and whatever. The reason I'm saying these things is because we have the chance now us as a community, us as followers of Jesus, we have the chance now to choose Jesus. It's only by his blood that we can make any change in our own lives and in the people of the lives out there. Does that make sense? I know I'm getting crazy intense really quick. But what I'm trying to point out is that Jesus wants more from us. He wants more for our city. But I feel this urgency in my spirit. And when I've checked it with other people, they've been feeling the same thing that God is actually wanting us to consecrate ourselves, which means shed ourselves of anything that isn't of our goal. And our goal, if our, if our goal is Jesus, then we need to shed ourselves of everything else. We need to be ruthless, and we need to be sacrificial about the way that we do it. The reason I'm saying this, the reason I'm approaching you like this, the reason that I'm getting this intense is because going into this season, when we walk into our workplaces, I am guilty of this. I'm not pointing at you. I'm pointing at me. And maybe you'll identify with this. But I know when I walk into my workplace, sometimes I forget about Jesus. Sometimes I forget about, like I just said, I cuss, I lie, I gossip, I lust. Like sometimes I forget not to do those things. And it's not about not doing or doing. But it's about being so identified with him that you feel icky and gross not being in him. I I remember being 21 years old and I had this pastor friend of mine that he said, Levi, uh, or I said, hey, like, I'm, I, I, I can't kind of choose Jesus. I'm having a hard time. It's a weird struggle. It's a weird season for me. And he said, he basically told the story. And he said, okay, look at your life, your insides, your chest, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, as two different dogs, white dog, black dog. He said, which, he said, which one's going to get stronger, the one you feed or the one you starve? And I was like, well, the one you feed. Like, you're going to give it protein, whatever. He's like, yeah. So he said, so you feed your black dog, with like your music, your movies, your, your, your whatever, like your negative thoughts. He said, and then you neglect your white dog, the one that's your spirit, the one that's meant to be pursuing Jesus. Who's going to win? I said, well, probably the black dog. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's just like, the one you feed wins. The one that is inside of you wins. So that's, that goes along with this consecration. I am not saying that pointing fingers. I am pointing the th- my thumb, I guess, my digit right back at me saying, okay, the one that I feed wins. If we want to look any different than the people out there, and I don't mean that as us versus them, I mean the people that know Jesus or claim to know Jesus, maybe some days, and the ones that don't or don't know Jesus or effing hate Jesus, if, you, if we want to look any different and we want to actually bring people into freedom, we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to step forward and step and move forward knowing that if we don't pursue Jesus with everything that we have, if we don't sacrifice things like bad relationships, terrible jobs, like the way that we spend our money, the things we look at, if we don't, if we don't cut off, if we're not ruthless about the things that are hurting us and taking away from us in our lives, they will eventually take us over and win. You know what the crazy thing is? The gnarliest thing is, I, as I look at that parable where they refer to, is it there's 10 virgins? Is that how many? And then, yeah, sorry. 10 virgins, 
Five have enough oil, five don't. The five that leave and they go to get more oil and come back, Jesus says, after he invited the other five in, he said, I actually didn't know you. The crazy thing is, is they were so close to the mark. They were in the end zone. They were standing right there outside the same door that the people who had enough oil are. They were standing there waiting, ready. They're standing there, okay, okay. And then they run out. They almost made it. They almost made it. But if you almost make it, you don't make it. I'm not talking about heaven or hell here. And I believe that, I do, personally don't believe you can lose your salvation. And I believe that through God's blood, we're do, like, through God's blood, we're saved and we're brought free. But what I am talking about is consecrating that uh, the only response, another part of that song that we missed, was that it says the only response to Jesus giving his everything is us giving our everything. Does that make sense? Um, Hebrews 12, 5 to 7. Can we pull that up? There we go. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. One of the things I think that, I, I work in a barber shop and there's, there's a lot of Muslims there. It's like me, another, two other Christians, a bunch of other guys, and then a few Muslims. And I had this great conversation with this guy and, uh, and he's, he's a devout Muslim. Some of them are kind of like wishy-washy. And this guy said to me, he's like, so how serious are you, are you about your faith? And I was like, oh, yeah, pretty serious, yeah. And he says to me, well, do you have sex? And I was like, well, like, I have. I'm not a virgin. But I was like, I really try not to. Like, and he's like, well, are you out there sleeping around? And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's just like, good. And that was all he said. That was like the only thing. And then he tried to tell me how our religions were the same. And I continued to tell him how they're almost the same, but they're not. How theirs is works and ours is a free gift. And that's truly, like, when you look at them, they're pretty dang similar, except for the fact that the thing that sets it apart, the way, the truth, the life, is that it is through him and it's not by us. So, anyways, the cool thing what, that I got from that was just like, man, this dude pointed out, the, he boiled my entire faith down to, do you have sex? And I said, well, I try not to. And uh, <laughs> such a terrible answer, right? Um, but the thing is, like, it boils it all the way down to that. And then it's like, if, if that is all, if that is what opens the door or closes the door to a conversation to this man, should I not consecrate myself? If we, if we have the opportunity to speak into someone's life, should I not do all the things that the Lord asked me to do, these Ten Commandments? The, thing, the more that we identify with him, the more that we spend time with Jesus, the more we spend time in worship and around people that love Jesus and are pursuing Jesus, the more that we want to be like him. If you actually, like, I've had a, I don't know, I've, I've drawn this, like, picture in my head a few times, but um, how many of you guys are tired of, like, and, well, you actually don't put up your hands, because that's embarrassing. How many of you guys are tired of choosing Jesus? How many of you guys are tired of your faith? I have this picture in my head, and I've been in that, this place a lot in my life. So if you look, on this side of the stage is the Lord, freedom. If we read our scriptures, it says that through him, we're walking full identity. We're made, we're new beings. We have full freedom. On this side of the stage is sin. All the fun stuff. If any of you guys lived a life outside of Jesus, some of the stuff is fun. I'm not gonna like lie to you and be like, oh, everything's bad. Some guys had, people had fun getting drunk. Some people had fun getting stoned. God created sex, it's pretty awesome. That's this side. 
You guys aren't laughing at this. I'm not trying to, my gosh. <laughs> One of the worst places you can be spiritually when people identify with Jesus, it's like they put up their hand, like, I choose Jesus. You know what one of the gnarliest things is? One, you paint a target on your back because you're now an enemy of Satan. So, I mean, we read through tons of parables. He can pick us off pretty quick at the beginning because our roots aren't very deep. So that's like one thing that happens. The other thing, if we, if we choose Jesus, but we don't consecrate ourselves, meaning we don't cut off the black dog and give it up. Because the thing is, we can still be Christians, be saved, but still be having sin in our lives that kind of kills us, or sorry, that hurts us, right? Right? If any of you guys don't agree that, you guys are lying. Because, yeah. Anyway, so the craziest thing about that is, where does that put us? Right in the freaking middle. Because if we can't fully cut off our black dog, we're not standing in full freedom. And if the worst thing is, this is why Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, one of the reasons I believe, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Sometimes when he says that, I almost feel like he's merciful in that. Because if we, if we can't even have fun sinning because we chose Jesus, I can't even go out and have fun sex, and I can't go get loaded. Again, guys, let's lighten up a bit. Like that's... <laughs> I can't even do the fun stuff of the world, but also I'm not willing to let go of some of it so I can't even enjoy the fullness and freedom, shoot me now. Again, sorry, that was maybe not the right word thing to say. But that is the worst peaceful, that is the most non-peaceful place you can have because the enemy is against you. And guess what? The Lord actually can't give you all the blessings of his kingdom. Does that make sense? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you guys understand why we want to consecrate. Why we want to cut off the things of the enemy. Yes, it is, it is to lay our entire lives on the altar for Jesus so that our lives of righteousness would be a sweet aroma in worship to him. That was a lot of Christian words to be there, but you guys get what I'm saying. You get it, right? That's one of the reasons. Another reason is to actually enjoy what God has created for us. To actually walk in freedom and fun. Who wants to have fun? Who wants to be as silly as David and dance naked through the streets? I flipping do. You know what the crazy thing is, though? That sounds like the fun part of Jesus. You know what the gnarly thing about identifying over here? You might be asked to lay naked on one of your sides and cook your food on cow dung for an entire year. That's some of the stuff that God asks for some crazy Christians to do. Obviously, you'd be going to prison if you did that these days. Um, but does that make sense? Why we're doing this? Yeah, okay. <laughs> One of the coolest things is after I had, uh, maybe right around the time that God said that to me in that hallway, I was at this camp, um, and I went, and do you guys know, any of you guys know who TJ Green is? Yeah. yeah, he's a cool guy. So I literally, I think I met him once or twice. He prophesied over me up in this, I think he spoke at a, is it a Spanish church upstairs? Sure. Yeah, it's a Spanish church. Whew. I asked someone on Instagram today if they spoke Spanish. She said, I speak Portuguese. What are you talking about? And then I felt so bad because I don't know anything about the world. But the, <laughs> I was up there. He prophesied over me, gave me this really accurate word, and I literally walked up to him after. And I said, dude, I hated that word. That sucks. And he's just like, yeah, I know. That's a lot of responsibility. Hey, I was like, yeah, thanks a lot, bro. So that was our only basis of friendship. We were chatting over Instagram because we listened to the same music. And so he invited me up to this camp with him. I went up to this camp. It's called King's Gate. 
And I'm up there. And I, a couple of months before that, I said, Jesus, I might have shared this story, so some of you guys might know it, but I said, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just checking my time. I said, uh, Jesus, this is maybe in the wintertime. I was like, one, screw you. Two, I'm okay, lighten up a bit. But, but sometimes I do talk away to God and he'll smack me pretty good in the face. But, the, but honestly, uh, there's, he knows what's in your heart. You might as well say it in your head too. Um, but I literally, I was frustrated with him. And the reason I was that way with him was I said, God, why do you always use me to plant seeds and you never use me to harvest? I was, I was thinking, and I was actually grieved because I was like, when is the last time I led someone to Jesus? I was like, I was probably 22. I'm 29 now. I know, I'm old. But the, I was just like, this sucks. And then a couple months, and then three days after that, I started thinking, I was like, wait, maybe, maybe there's a lot of opportunity out there and I just miss it. And then I felt guilty and I felt burdened. And then two weeks later, I'm at this camp. So I'm up at this camp and as sure as, if any of you guys have felt like so sure about something in the spirit, like you've had a, a sure prophetic word or you knew you were supposed to pray for someone or you felt like you heard from God really clearly, you know that feeling? Do some of you guys know what that feeling feels like? Where you're like, I can't ignore it. So at this camp, I turned to TJ the second night and I said, I, I am sure beyond sure that we need to do a salvation call. And I had this feeling that I was like, there's kids that are ready. And it was a kid's camp, I think or like a preteen camp. And he said, I've been feeling the same thing. I missed the opportunity. Do you want to do it? And it's instantly there. I forgot what the gospel was. I've been doing ministry for 10 years and I didn't know how Jesus came to save us in that moment. I literally forgot it. And so I was, he's like, he, called, he was about to call me up in two minutes and I couldn't think of anything. It was like I went blank. And part of me was probably good because it's like when you get in the way, sometimes you say a lot of dumb stuff like I'm doing right now. Jokes. And then, my gosh. Um, so then, I go up there and I share this gospel message and I'm pretty, I like uh, being more like bold with the kids and that kind of stuff. I like, I think because like I said, putting up your hand and the re I'm not saying this to point you out. If you guys are one of the ones that have just put up your hand to accept Jesus and now you're figuring it out, know that the next, that doesn't mean that you're disqualified. What it means is your next steps are to choose Jesus and be in relationship with him. That is how we it's not about working out our salvation or earning salvation. It's about understanding him and being in relationship with him. That's how we're, like, we're saved by his blood, but that's what it looks like. Anyways, I am not really into, like, everyone close your eyes and put up your hand, but I'm also a really outrageous person who, like, craps his pants and, like, do it, says whatever. So I told these kids, everyone, to open their eyes, and I said, I, I said, whatever kids want to get saved, like, I share the message, stand up. And these kids were like, oh, they stood up right in front of all their friends. And then we surrounded them as a group and we prayed for them and talked about how, anyways. So then I go finish the message. I, I, I kneel down and I ball my eyes out for half an hour. Like so much so that I was kneeling down that my eyes were black for the next day. Like they were all swollen up here and stuff because I was crying so much. And I realized the creator and king of the universe just used me for something eternal. He answered my prayer. Sometimes people use that scripture that says, like, God will give you the desires of your heart. I'm not saying that it's not. So, but sometimes we use that to say, like, I really want to live in Hawaii. God is going to call me to a ministry like that, like a, a motorcycle ministry in Australia. And then when I'm done with that, he's going to call me to a sick ministry. He's going to be a 10 out of 10 wife and no babies until I'm ready. And then I'll be rich and I'll have a million dollars. God's going to give me the desires of my heart. Amen that's bull. So I'm just, sorry, I'm calling some of you guys down off your high horses. 
But really, if you read that and you understand what God's heart is, it were first called to identify with his heart and understand what he wants, and then he will give the desires of our hearts. So in that moment, I'm not, I'm far from pure, except through him, but I am a, I'm blowing it as a human. And he, because that one desire of my heart was, God, I, re- I want to be a part of the harvest. He used me, and I bawled my eyes out because I just couldn't believe it that I, he answered my prayer, he heard me, and he allowed me to be a part of it. Since then, God, there's no other feeling. There is no other feeling. Like I said, I'm not a virgin. I've never drank or got high or whatever. But, so that stuff it might be tight. I don't know. But I'll tell you, there is no other feeling than leading someone to the Lord or seeing someone healed. Because you know that you have nothing to do with it. There is no human way that that can happen. That someone can be saved from an eternity separated from the king and his creator. Or that they can have physical disease healed before your eyes. We got to pray for someone a few months ago, and I shared this before, that their dad got healed of prostate cancer. And it was like, that's crazy for me. I remember a, a couple of years ago, I was working at the salon, and this girl came up to me, and she was really into like uh, Reiki and New Age stuff. And she shared with me about how she had night terrors and, and sleep paralysis, and these beings would visit her every night. And I said, man, that must be gnarly. She said, yeah, I can't sleep. And I was like, I believe that God heals. And I prayed for someone once and they got healed of this. Can I pray for you? And she's like, sure. So I just prayed for her really quick. And I said, please, I'm not good at this stuff. I'm learning. Tell me tomorrow if it works. So she comes back and she said, Levi, for the first time in as long as I can remember, I slept through the night and I didn't have a night terror. Jesus did that. There is no other feeling than that. I'll tell you, the more that you starve your black dog, the more that you get to enjoy the things of the kingdom, the more that you will find the freedom that you're looking for, that you will find the purpose that you're aching for. My gosh, I have wandered around. I have no, well, I, yeah, I have no real post-secondary. I have a red seal haircutter. But, woo! Um, I'm hot. I got a lot of other stuff going for me. <laughs> I'm just joking with you guys. But there is no other feeling than being a part of partnering literally with the creator of the universe, the one that actually holds the keys to heaven and hell, the one that went before us and battled it all out, the one that made a way where there is no way, the way, the truth, and the life, the only being, the only deity, the answer, the, like the only one that's not a counterfeit. When you get to be a part of when he kneels down and he lets you this, like, the, <laughs> some of the worst things that could happen. And I mean that me, sorry, the one of the worst things could happen, meaning we suck, we choose the black dog nine times out of ten. He still has grace. He still has patience. He still, the, the craziest thing is it's not that he just still has, like, grace. That he's like, okay, I guess I'll use you. He still pursues us. He still aches to use us. He stands on this side. He said, come on, please, 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 please. We use this term sometimes in Christianity that says like, oh, when I was far from God or when he was far from me, that doesn't exist. It says he's always there. He's pursuing our hearts. The only thing that stands between us and him is our guilt, us pushing him away. That's it. I am broken. I am a broken, not by his creation, but by my doing. I am a broken body. I am a broken spirit. But the more that I choose the white dog, the more that I get to be a part of the things of the kingdom. Does that make sense? 
Can we bring up, um, do you guys understand why we're doing this now? I literally haven't used any of my notes, and that's why I'm a bit confused right now where I'm at. Can we bring up Hebrews 12, 5 to 7 again? Let's read this again, guys. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. Guys, just because things are hard, <laughs> Jesus doesn't always rejoice when we, like, like, he's not happy with us all the time. A guy that loves us, a, a man, or sorry, a, 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 a father that loves us will discipline us because he wants better for us. And he doesn't do it in like a manipulative way, the way that maybe your father on earth did to say, okay, I want better for you because I want you to play hockey. Screw hockey. I'm a skateboarder. Yeah, let's get it. Let's just make that clear, the line. The... I'm just kidding. I like hockey now. When I was a kid, I didn't. But he's not doing it in a manipulative way. He's not doing it so that you'll go and dance if you wanted to play hockey. Um, but he does it because he loves you and he knows you better than you know yourself. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. And I want to read verse 10. Where, what? Oh, there we are. I blew it. Uh, here we go. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Guys, if I, like, and I seriously say this with no judgment because I have been here before, but if you want to choose, if, if, if you're not ready to give up your sin, I'm going to choose my words carefully, but honestly, if you're not ready to give up your sin, either ask the Lord to give you the desire to give it up so that you can walk in full freedom, or maybe take a good look at your life. I'll say it like that. Because if you want to be miserable, if you want to be tormented, if you want to have mixed and stretched purpose, if you want to be broken, if you want to be hurting, if you want to lead poorly and have a zigzag path your entire life, stand in the middle. Seriously, seriously. I've done it a lot in my life. I stood in the middle because I wasn't ready to get let go of my sin and therefore he wasn't able to give me the things of the kingdom. So I encourage you guys to take a long time and look at this. Ben, if you guys could come up and start to play something really prophetic and swirly, um, that would be cool. So, guys, I feel like there is uh, something that God wants to do tonight, specifically. I think he wants to break specific burdens. I know, like, I'm using a lot of Christianese, which, to be honest, outside of this context, I really don't like. And the only reason I'm saying outside of this context is because I got... Because I really don't like the way I'm talking right now anyways, but I just want to feel better about myself. But the, um, oh man, my jokes are not good. But the, uh, I really feel like tonight God wants to actually break some real burdens. Not some airy-fairy, hypothetical, uh, metaphorical burdens. I feel like tonight, if you are willing, God will break some things in your life. So that addiction, or that pain against your father leaving, or that or that uh, like pain against that thing that guy did to you, or that, that ridiculousness, like the hate that you hold towards your boss because of something that happened, or, or whatever. Like if you, that, that burdensome debt that you have, whatever it is, I believe that God literally wants to break some things tonight for you because he cares about you and where you're headed, and he wants to bring you into the things of the kingdom. Yes, for his glory, but more for his intimacy. Does that make sense? More for his friendship. If you guys are willing, here's the thing. Do not, <coughs> do not 
base your decision on which side or whether you're willing to lay some stuff down tonight on what you're feeling right now. I might sound like a broken record, but what you're feeling emotion-wise isn't a good indicator. I'm learning that these days. Does that make sense? Thanks for laughing, man. You're the champ. You're the real winner right here. I got one friend in this building. Thanks. Um, Do not make this decision on what you're willing to give up based on how you're feeling right now. Actually decide, do I want more or do I want to live in the same thing? I believe that Tehillah is moving forward as a leader on this specific topic in the kingdom for Canada. I do believe that. I believe that we are moving forward and, and honestly, you can either like get on or you might get left in the dust. And I don't mean that in a way of you'll get rejected, but it might be that you start to see some massive breakthrough and massive things start to happen in other people's friend circles. Families start to come back together. Coworkers start to get healed. Friendship, friends start to find Jesus. Actual like financial breakthrough, all these sorts of things. You might just start to see that in your friends who have been willing to consecrate and cut off the old, the black dog. And you're going to be frustrated as hell. I'm not supposed to say that on stage, but like for us, you will be so frustrated. Do you get it? So I'm not trying to fear monger you or push you or manipulate you, but I am trying to get you to take a look at this seriously. God wants to do something tonight because I believe he will heal literal things. God's desire is our wholeness, our identity fulfilled. I believe our next step is consecration and shedding off the things that aren't him. As these guys play, and I get, you get it, we're a part of like a charismatic little swirly movement here. And so, some of this stuff might piss you guys off because it feels like we're emotionally pointing you in a certain direction. I really don't care. Do whatever you're going to do. You're adults. If any of you guys are under 18, maybe ask your parents' permission. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're in charge of your own destiny. That's like that tattoo where the feathers turn into fluttering birds on someone's shoulder. You guys have all seen one of those. (laughs) God wants to do something tonight. I'm going to get you guys to close your eyes only because I want you to focus on you. Ask yourself, God, is there anything that you want to trim off in my life? You know what sucks? Sometimes it hurts. I will be 100% honest with you. I have broken up with girlfriends that I actually deeply cared about. Actually, to be honest, that the flippin' hot 10 out of 10 chick, we dated another year later, and I had to do this. <laughs> that sucks. Um, I, had to break, I broke up with her because our relationship was built on the black dog. It was built on lust, mostly. She's a great woman, but I had to cut that off. That hurts. Uh, that's just an example. So Jesus... Talk to us. Holy Spirit, you are the helper. It's your job to convict. It's not my job to really do any of that. It's more to share about what you're going to do. And so Jesus, we just pray that you would pursue us right now. Pursue us in love. Pursue us with your power. And God, show us very specific, very specific things. Is it the way we eat? Is it the TV we watch? Is it that we watch TV? Is it the podcast or music we listen to? Is it our friend down the street? Is it our computer late at night? Do we need to break off the hatred that we have for our, what our mother did 10 years ago? What, whatever it is, 
Holy Spirit, convict us and show us very specifically what it is. Guys, this is, this is some straight up Pentecostal camp stuff. I am going to ask you to physically, I, th- I believe that when we make a physical thing, it, it, it's not necessarily that God can't do it, but I'm going to ask you guys to come to the front and, and lay the stuff literally at the altar. And the reason I do that is because I know for me, I need to do a physical action sometimes in order to actually separate what's going on in my spirit so that, okay, I am leaving at this physical altar, you know, whatever it is. The fact that I need to break up with that girl or the hate that I have towards my mother. I don't, by the way. Um, But yeah, so you guys know that. Your eyes have been closed for a long time. So Jesus, show us. Jesus, love us. These guys are going to play some stuff. And I want you guys to come to the front or stay in your chair. But if you're feeling prompted to, come to the front. And literally, we're we're not going to have the prayer team at the beginning, so you don't have to feel awkward that someone's going to ask you what your sin is. I, but I, I do really want you to lay things down at the altar. So come now. Start to come now. Yeah. So the beautiful thing about the blood of Jesus is it's a seal. It's a seal on our lives, and it's a seal that takes us to heaven. And so we felt tonight, Levi just shared with me, to like, Make sure that you seal tonight off with the blood of Jesus over your life because you have made a mark on your life to choose God, to choose life, to pursue him and lay aside everything else. And when you go home tonight, I would encourage you to write down what has happened in your heart tonight because it is a marking on your life. And I also wanted just to seal off tonight that what you behold is what you become. So if you want to become more holy, stare at the holy one. If you want to become more good, stare at the one that is good. When you give more of your attention to who God is, that is who you become. So we thank you, Levi, for such a great, encouraging, timely word. And I would just, yeah, give it up. So you all are, can hang out. You can um, spend more time with Jesus. You can hang out with friends in the lobby. But tonight's a night of just loving on each other. And do not forget what Jesus did in your heart tonight and also what you laid down. So bless you all. Have a wonderful week.